Welcome to the IME Podcast. You're listening to Crystal, and this is episode 27, which I believe will be the last episode for this first season of the podcast. And this episode will focus on a theory that I have. So I'm just going to go ahead and disclaimer now that I am not a psychology major. I didn't major in psychology. Um, this is just a theory that I have based on my own experiences and just like clarity that I've received from the ether. It's just some things that you just kind of have a sense of. And being a human being, if you think about how you've grown up, how you just had the intuitive abilities to learn how to walk and talk and understand your parents, having come into the world without a means of like knowing what language was or just knowing what your fingers were. I'm going to use that sort of idea to explain some points about the family unit, which I think are super important for everyone to, I think, you know, understand a bit better. All right. So let me just go ahead and get into it. So this episode is pretty exciting because I randomly stumbled across this comment under a video which led me to another channel whose video content I was just kind of browsing through. I was like, oh my gosh, like the titles looked like something that really resonated. So I clicked on one of the videos and um the title of the video is called advice to parents who are estranged from their children and i'm not sure if i ever mentioned this before on the podcast but i've been estranged from my parents for about actually it's 2019 it is about 10 years so happy 10 year anniversary And I started watching this video and only made it like a couple minutes in before I just got all of these downloads um, and so much clarity around um, why, why family dynamics are the way they are and how we can better understand what's going on in humanity and within the collective in order to um transform and transmute some of the behaviors and the energies that our family units are perpetuating. So I am so excited that like all of this stuff is coming in right now as I speak. And so I was like, you know what, let me just jump on and just see what flows. And that's how I do every podcast. So when I receive a download, um I just jump on and I let things kind of roll with the punches. So I guess what I'll get into now is that this is how I think of this is how I think of the collective, our humanity. We're all within a family unit and everyone that you're related to is uh, everyone that you're related to by blood. I think of it as like you being on a team, like uh, red team or blue team or team shirts and team blouses, like however you want to see it. Everyone who was born into a family, you are born on a karmic team. And when you when you begin to uh have a life and and share share your life with your family who is on your karmic team you know they are generating lessons for you and vice versa everybody's exchanging information energetically and everybody is um helping each other learn within the family unit uh within each individual's lifetime so for example, um, for example, my family, my relationship between my 
parents, um, there's things that are triggering between both the parent and the child that we have to karmically resolve in some way. Um, and part of our, part of the whole point of being incarnated is the fact that like, we want to, we want to just absolve and transform and resolve things that have been perpetuated on the family line, the lineage, the ancestry for years. And I remember when I was growing up, my mother used to tell me stories about things that was happening in the family. And I noticed, you know, she would share some experiences about her grandmother, which was my great grandmother. Then she shared stories about her mother, which was my grandmother. And then she shared stories about herself. And I thought I, I noticed patterns right away, even as a child. And I was like, man, there's a lot of abuse coming from uh, a lot of abuse that all three women had to go through. And but I did also notice that with those abuse scenarios that were being perpetuated with each generation, um, it was getting a little bit better. So by the time my mother had me it wasn't as bad as what my great grandmother went through, but there were still, you know, there are still issues, right? So, um, one thing that I want to know is that like within your family, everyone's doing the work, no matter how horrible people are acting, no matter what kind of evil energy they have within them. And here's the thing about energy whether you believe in, in evil um, or angelical shit or not, which I don't believe anything is, you know, I'm, I'm getting out of duality in the sense that I don't believe in heaven or hell or evil versus good. I just believe in these are energies that generate this particular behavior. And then these are energies that um, generate that particular behavior. And sometimes Certain energies lead to great circumstances and sometimes other energies lead to uh, consequences and trauma and that's okay um, as long as we are learning from it and uh, healing it and transforming it and not perpetuating it. So we are all here to, like I said, we're all here to do the work and we're all here to resolve some things that our ancestors may have not been able to because um the details of their life were just so extreme you know the work that they had to that they were there to do when they were alive um was all that they could get done and then the kids that they had uh took the baton and did the next layer of work and so on and so on so by the time I was born, um, the amount of energetic work and healing that um, my mother was working on um, is, is, you know, she had like a heavy, heavier load than I do, in a sense. In a sense, I'll say. Um, I also feel like my, my workload in this incarnation within my life is a little bit different than hers. I like, I don't understand her experience. I don't know her experience. I don't know it. I will never know it because I'm not physically her. I only know um, what my dynamic with my own mother has been. So, um, and then I, from my own personal experience and the things that I've awakened and become aware of, um, I feel are dramatically different than, than what she's been through and that's to be expected. So, um, one thing that people need to be mindful of, um, because that the title of the video that, uh, you know, generated this, this podcast episode for today being estranged from family members is that um, the people who come before you 
uh, especially your parents, uh, they, there's a responsibility. Everybody has a responsibility, but when they have you, um, and they bring you into the world, they set the, the tone and the dynamic of, um, the karmic lessons and the relationship that you're going to have within the family. And there is a responsibility there. Um, and this is partly some of the stuff that I'm seeing that needs to be healed all over within family dynamics. Um, so many people are in conflict with family members or, uh, it could be because of like actual physical, sexual abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse, um, just anything across the board. Sometimes folks are, they've been manipulated and, and, um, controlled in a way where they are still within the situation enough that they can't properly heal it and transform it. Um, and that's kind of tricky because you wonder like when those types of situations happen, are those people still doing the work as well when they're still kind of trapped in that energy with another family member, um, who's bringing up that, that density and that stuff that actually really needs to be addressed and to be healed for my specific situation. Um, and just for me and my character and the way that I came into this world, um, I have deal breakers. <laughs> so for me, I have like a threshold over how much abuse I will take from someone before I'm just like, no, nope, I'm done. It's a wrap. There's no coming back. Um, and even when I say that I am done with something, there is very small sliver of a possibility depending on, um, the other person uh if that dynamic and if that relationship to the person can be restored so the relationship between myself and my mother um and I, oh i've i've totally talked about this before whether or not um you know my thoughts on reconciliation because i've had people ask me like oh uh would you like would you consider reconciling with your parents and at various times in my life i was like Mm-mm, nope maybe but as of like right now today in this moment or second um I will say that I'm always open to reconciliation however and this isn't gonna be conditions because I know that um anyone who has a strained relationship with their child especially a parent who is still kind of in those energies that keep their child distant from them um, you could hear this and perceive it. And that's where per- perception is a huge thing. Um, how you see things, how you hear things, how you comprehend things is very important. So um, listening to your child, listening to anybody, it could be your child, your husband, your sister, your auntie, your grandchildren, listening to people and actually like listening to what they're actually saying versus what you are perceiving those are two different things and there's been many times where I've communicated and I feel like I articulate well and that's only because I've had other um, relationships and friendships and workplace ships where people told me like oh yeah Crystal you articulate well like I understand where you're coming from when you say what you're saying, how you're feeling, what your thoughts are. I understand it. Like I, so I know that I communicate and I communicate in a way that people do understand me. So it's not just like, you know, I'm saying what I'm saying and then I'm just so dysfunctional that, that nothing of what I say is unintelligible, which is kind of some of the energy that I picked up throughout the years with my parents not my you know I won't say my dad because I won't even pull him in there because we whenever I've had a conversation with my father it's always been it's always been clear I've never had an issue communicating with my father except um feeling like I wish he could have um I don't know just 
made me feel loved a little bit more um, through like more conversations and maybe changing the dynamic of our conversations. I think a lot of um, his conversations that he prompted uh, were based off of, I don't want you to go through what I went through. So I'm just going to let you know how it is in the world so that you can protect yourself. So I understand that from his point of view, um, the way that he communicated was trying to protect me. Um, although there were aspects of himself that he didn't even protect me from as a person, you know, there were ways that he hurt me emotionally that he just did have control over at the time. So with that being said, um, on the other side of the coin, the way that I communicated with him growing up, I I noticed some things about my own communication, the questions that I asked him and the way that he responded was differently than how he impulsively created conversations with me. So I understood from a very early age that how I communicate and engage with people um, is powerful. And I know that's kind of like a weird thing to say, but like I noticed that um, if I can control, not control, but like if I can set the tone of a conversation with somebody based on how I ask what I ask, um, I can really get some valuable information. And and everybody has that ability. Everybody has that power and everybody's utilizing it in every moment. And that's why when people are having like conflicting conversations like that's them putting their energy in a certain way to get that result so it's like what you put into your communication is what you get out of it so I learned that like my curiosity um and the way that I ask questions um resulted in the type of answers that I would get from my father so um that was very satisfying in that way that I was able to ask him some things in a certain way um, and get valuable responses from him because of the way that I was asking him. And so he was challenged to um, think outside of the way that his his brain gears normally functions, which, which most of the time was uh, very defensive because of the communication dynamic between he him and my mother was just like you know he felt like he had to guard himself all the time but with me um when I would ask him questions I could feel that his guard would come down because he could feel through me that it was coming from um a very just like a genuine place basically you know you can't fake authenticity for real so um yeah. That being said, uh, I feel like reconcil reconciliation with my father would be a hell of a lot easier than it would be my mother. Um, but in order for reconciliation to take place, both parties have to be willing and they also have to be in the energy of reconciliation. So for me, I feel like I'm always in the energy of reconciliation. However, um, you know, I have so many different boundaries in place and filters in place in my life um, that will only allow for a similar frequency and a similar energy. And where my energy is at right now is, you know, I'm looking for folks who can function emotionally, mentally, uh, spiritually in a way where like they're not only are they being um, perceptive and, and, and intuitive, but they're also um, self-reflective. And so that's been something that's been very difficult between the dynamic of myself and my mother's relationship is that um, I figured out real quick that I would ask her about certain things that she said or did and... I would trigger uh, her when I called out her behaviors and was like, um, you know, well, this is what you did. This is what you said. And this is how I felt. And she would never take responsibility for it. 
And for me, at that time when I didn't have as much awareness around what was going on and the type, the types of energies that um, within our family unit and our lineage that we were transforming, the whole fucking uh, our bloodline in particular was transforming a lot of um, sexual abuse, a lot of manipulation, a lot of uh, self-denial. A lot of avoidance and a hell of a lot more abandonment. And this is abandonment all the way around. This is abandonment towards others, which is what? A reflection of abandonment towards the self. So, um, also something that I noticed when I was growing up, my mother demonized the thought of therapy and, um, self-reflection she always put emphasis on god and the way that i perceived god at at the time was this um (laughs) this uh god could have been santa claus for all i know and i had faith in both at at the time when i was really small but um the way that god was portrayed in and i grew up in a in a christian um on a Christian foundation. So God is very externalized. God was never internalized. And that's the difference from my belief system then versus now is that, um, that energy of God, which I don't call it God and I don't call it a him either. I don't genderify that energy, but it's internal first and foremost. Um, and I think, you know, the things that I tie together uh, with my mother's relationship with God and my my mother's relationship with herself is that she externalized um, her perception of God and then used that to deflect uh, her traumas. So, um, and that's why there was like a lot of deflecting, a lot of abandonment because, um, I don't think she spent a lot of time. I mean, yeah, she spent time with her pain, but I do think there were times where it was so much for her to handle that she just kind of like bolted on herself, just like abandoned herself. And I know what that's like because I've done it. And, um, And I'm saying all of this because uh, I know that um, as a child, when you're addressing some of these things with your parents, it's so easy for the parent to be like, well, I did the best that I can. And, you know, and then they'll go down the list of things as the child that you did wrong. (laughs) So there's blame and there's, you know, and, and there's so many ways that it could transpire, but the the goal um in my mind as a child is to not blame the parent is to hold the parent responsible because the parent brought the child into the world and the parent is doing the work to transform certain energies and whatever the parent is able to transform is hey great um the only thing I want more parents to be aware of is their perception. Parents need to be more percept- perceptive and open to the possibility of what their children are saying, thinking, doing, um, and just their overall energy. There are some dynamics where if the parent has two chi- two children and one child has a very rebellious energy while the other child has a very angelic energy uh there are parents who get very defensive about that like well i did the best that i could and i can't help the way that they turned out but that energy is still within the family unit like it's within that bloodline you can't disregard that you can't deflect and abandon how that child turned out and just say well that's not my shit well technically it is your shit because we're all on this karmic team so you know regardless of how evil you think your child is or how angelic you think your child is you are responsible for that energy whether you can do anything about it physically or not you do have an opportunity to help transform it energetically and spiritually 
And that's why I'm saying this is to give you options, um, especially with those folks where you're estranged. Like maybe the shit's so real. Maybe the energy is so real that you can't deal with that person in person and physically. But if you have the awareness and take the responsibility for, well, hey, we're a team here. We are a family unit. We are on a lineage. We are on a bloodline and we are transforming the abandonment, the sexual abuse, the deflecting, the lying, the negativity. Um, We're transforming this, whether that person is awake enough to understand it or not. We're just transforming it for every fucking body. So for me, I already know my role within the family is, is that like, if I'm more aware and more awake than my parents are, and I know that they have certain windows of clarity, like they're doing the work. Like I said before, like I know that they're doing the work in the ways that they're doing the work, but there's also energies within them that I was born to come here to transform on behalf of them. So I understand my responsibility, even if they don't, even if they're not even aware of it, but that's the interesting thing about like being incarnated and being a human being. And, um, you know, lately I've been really just kind of focusing on cultivating compassion, like reestablishing that compassion within myself because I lost it because of all of the, not just family shit, but, um, just, you know, with relationships in general and the way that I interact with people. And that's a part of it. You know, it's not just, um, shit coming from your family. It's, how you interact with people in the world as well. Um, because those energies come out of your family unit, you project them out into the interactions that you're having with other people in the world. So, um, that's why we're all responsible. Um, and when we're engaging with other people who aren't related to us, it's like team blue is now engaging with team green. And, and then you're just seeing what's coming about that relationship that dynamic and if it's good then you've like you know you're transferring some energy you're you're healing some aspects of a relationship for the collective for the planet and if you're having a bad relationship with somebody that you're not related to you might have just created more karma for more people to heal so that's that's why it's very important for um people to speak on what I'm speaking on right now to just like give people the idea the potentiality the theory that like if what I'm saying is true all you have to do is like entertain it if it resonates cool if it doesn't then that's not true for your reality and the crazy thing is is that like what's true for what I'm incarnated for in this reality can be untrue to some extent for somebody else in in some other like incarnation so that's the crazy thing that i've been understanding and realizing is that with belief systems um there is no one belief like all possibilities are infinite and when you when you can accept that then you're able to really kind of like swim through the reality that you're in you're more you're just you're less um inhibited i guess is what i want to say with that um so i'm not even sure how this (laughs) how this episode is flowing because i feel like i'm just kind of like swimming in and out or riding the wave but i guess another thing that i could touch on is um whether or not um, being estranged is if, if that's like if that's forever you know if, if that's okay because I've asked myself that question over the last year or two um, like is it okay to never ever talk to my parents again and it is it really is it's, it's okay to not talk to people who have um, who have done the work with you in that way up to the point where you had to break away from them. 
And it seems strange to say, but there are situations where, and you know, and it happens differently for everyone because sometimes the breakaway point can be through death. The breakaway point can be through um, adoption for some people, like some people give their kids away and, um, or there's, you know, all sorts of circumstances where family units get broken up and certain individuals have to go off and live their life um, dolo on the solo. So uh, for me, particularly, um, I believe one of my, my, uh, one of the aspects in my incarnation in this lifetime is to learn how to be alone. And it makes sense for me now looking back because like the kind of personality that I had as a kid and the way that I could be left, um, for hours and not feel alone at certain times like I could keep myself busy or I could entertain myself and I think about that now right now in this moment because I spend a lot of time alone and I spend a lot of time um just in solitude and recently I've been putting up more physical boundaries because I see that my relationships with people before there's just no resonance there and in 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 order for me to invite the tribe in, I have to get rid of the stuff and the people who just don't belong there anymore. So it's it's truly like a energetic and social spring cleaning. And I'm very clear about that. So there's no sort of like, I don't know why everybody's leaving. It's like, no, I'm, I'm choosing to leave and I feel good about it because I can be around people, feel them out, read their energy and and understand that like, okay, this person's um, relationship has like run their course um, and I no longer need them on my path or I no longer want them on my path because they're not bringing a certain type of frequency. And sometimes people just kind of float away naturally some people get snatched away by the universe um but however that happens i've learned to be very uh very okay with that at first um it it was it was uncomfortable because i wasn't really sure what was going on and like why are people disappearing or why do i feel a certain way and um And a lot of it wasn't, um, the way that people kind of, you know, faded didn't make sense because it wasn't like circumstantial. Like there were no fallouts. It was just, it was all just kind of like distance. And I mean, it made sense because like I had traveled a lot. So when all of the people that you're engaging with are spread out across the country and across the world, then of course, you know, and then you find that like the people that you do stay in touch with long distance, you know, they're part of your tribe because they still, um, they still check in on you no matter where you are. And, uh, and so that's how you kind of know, uh, those who are on your team as well. Um, cause the, the people that are your friends and the people that you end up like having other relationships with, um, they're a part of your team, not your family team unit, but like, it's like you have, you're on another team with those people as well. If that makes sense. So you got your family team, you know, team blouses, and then you have your friends and other people team. And that's, you know, team sharks. I don't know. Um, so yeah, so for anyone who, um, is, you know, taking space from anybody, it's perfectly fine to do so just like it's, uh, okay to reconcile. So either or works, there is no right or wrong answer. The most important thing is, is to evaluate, um, if you're estranged, evaluate uh, why that space is permanent for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's a reason why that distance is is still there. For people who have um, 
reconciled or are thinking about reconciling, then just kind of take into consideration um, the things that are important, not just for you, but for the other person as well. Like both parties need to be accountable for how they want the relationship to shift and to bloom. There is no, you know, um, blaming and shaming for shit that people did in the in the past. There does need to be an equal responsibility of owning up to the behaviors that were that were um, that were had and behaviors that people held and demonstrated onto each other and a proper owning up to uh, apologies. And then also more important than that is change behavior. One thing that I found as an adult is that like people would say sorry to me and it would roll off of me. Like I didn't trust apologies anymore from anybody, um, which then kind of mirrored to me where I had a lot of trust issues. I just didn't trust anybody. I was like, I don't care that you're apologizing to me. And apolog- <laughs> I remember I told somebody, I was like, okay, yeah, an apology doesn't really matter. Like, but change behavior. Like, that's like, you could just, you could have not said sorry, but just change your behavior. And that would have been the apology. So for me, and I think that still stands for me. Like, you can say sorry all you want to, you can apologize. But at the end of the day, if there is no changed behavior, then that apology didn't make no fucking sense to begin with. So, you know, apology or not, there needs to be um, changed behavior to make that a proper reconciliation. And this is, you know, that applies to all situations. Changed behavior, action over words. Same thing with, you know, affection and I love yous, um, which is another thing that I've had to um, address with myself with uh, how I grew up is that um, people can say that they love you and I can't tell you how many times when I was a kid where my mother would say I love you I love you and I my skin would crawl it was it, it yikes <laughs> it was the worst feeling and for so long I didn't know how to articulate it until now where it was just like she's saying that she loves me but my skin is crawling. What is that? I didn't understand that energetic indicator that ding, 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 red flag. You've just, you know, encountered your bullshit detector. So for me, my skin crawling or getting goosebumps or feeling icky whenever she said that to me was um, me interpreting that as bullshit because I didn't, I wasn't receiving what she was saying as love and of course anytime that she said that she loved me there would be some sort of um trauma to follow so um it was like trauma apology trauma apology and so i've associated with um i've associated uh apologies and i love yous to trauma oh my gosh (laughs) So yeah, when anybody apologizes to me or says that um, they like me or love me, I don't believe them. And I'm just like, whatever, I don't care. Like, you know, that don't mean shit to me. Um, and I'm all about like what people are doing and how they're um, having an experience with me or what they're showing me. And there's a lot of people... Um, who want to say a lot of things, but don't want to uh, align their behavior with their words. So yeah, that's really important for everyone across the board to to just be mindful of whether you're a parent or not. Um, but specifically, um, I was just applying that to the, the family team unit, um, but this could apply to to any sort of um, interpersonal interaction and relationship that you have with others outside of your unit as well. Um, your actions have to align with uh, with your words. 
So, yes. And if um, if you're listening to people and that person is, is speaking their truth and you interrupt them, you're uh, you're missing you're missing the boat. <laughs> if a person is speaking their truth. And you reply with, but, and then you go down the list of things of what you think that person did to trigger you into you, into your response or into your behavior towards them to cause trauma in them. Um, you're missing the boat. If you can't listen to someone speak their truth fully and completely and then sit on it think about what they said and then respond with the okay like i i i hear what you're saying i've listened to what you've what you've said before you formulate your response because a lot of times people can't even get to that point there's a lot of um that point of reconciliation where it's just like damn can you let them finish like Ooh, this isn't going to end well at all if you can't let the, the person speak their truth first and foremost. Um, so definitely let each side say whatever it is that they have to say. And that's the thing, like when reconciliation comes around, people are going to say shit that's going to trigger you some more. It's going to trigger both sides. But you have to be spiritually, energetically mature enough and emotionally mature enough to be able to sit there in that energy of of being triggered because you're doing the work by doing that and you're allowing yourself to feel the things and feel all the hurt that had transpired with that person because what you're feeling you're healing right so you're doing the work in the moment while you're trying to reconcile with that person while you're trying to listen to what they're saying even if you feel like what they're saying is is uh bullshit um it's more about you and how you respond to the other person it has nothing to do with whether or not what they're saying is true let me say that again it has everything to do with how you respond in the situation to that person regardless of whatever they're saying whether it's true um for the entire situation because their truth could be completely fucking false <laughs> yo i'll say it again their truth can be false but vice versa it could also apply to you as well but i figure if you're going to get into that type of situation or if this theory that i'm saying because i'm just saying it as a theory if it resonates with you you're most likely not going to speak from a place like you're going to have enough self-awareness at this point to speak from a place where where you will consider all aspects of the situation and before you write something off um you'll investigate it maybe or just kind of look into it and see why um a variable looks the way that it does i've definitely had to do it there were some things that i thought was like what's that and then sometimes you just have to shift your perception and and see if what you're perceiving is what it really is because sometimes it isn't and when you find out and it's like oh my gosh or what you think you're perceiving has like a hidden variable that you didn't even know before and maybe that person didn't know that you didn't know about something else that was triggering the entire situation dynamic and energy overall you were like oh my gosh the missing piece okay so there's so many different ways this can transpire but the most important thing is that both parties have to be willing to come into a space where they're willing to at least listen to one another unbiasedly i don't even know if that's a word but to be unbiased and to let people speak their peace. And as you're speaking your peace, you have to be in a space where you're speaking it for yourself. You're not speaking it to be defensive, you know? Because you can tell when somebody's sharing their story and they're saying, but you did this and da 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 and da da da. And it's so, with so much emotion that you can tell that they've already jumped into the storyline defensive. And it's like, no, you're not defending yourself, but you're you're expressing how you felt. So 
It's like for me, um, there were ways that like I felt emotionally abandoned by my mother, but she won't think that. She may not think that at all. She may be like, well, I gave birth to you and I took care of you when you were sick and I did all of these things for you and I stayed in a marriage for you that I didn't want to be in because of blah, 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 blah. And I took all this abuse for you and blah, 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 blah. Like, so these are some of the things that I've already heard as a child. Um, and from my perspective, I don't agree with some of the things that she's, she said. Like, okay, you being in an abusive relationship, that's not my fault. <laughs> Like, I mean, to me, that's common sense. Like, you can't blame anyone, including your children. You can't blame your mama. You can't blame um, your friend. You can't blame nobody for keeping you in any relationship. And this is because I've I've learned that. Taking self-responsibility. In that, like, you can't blame anyone else for staying in situations that don't serve you. And... If you flip that around, so like if my mother felt like she stayed in a bad marriage because of her children, well, I, you can flip that situation around between the parent and child relationship and be like, you know what? I, in, in some respects, I allowed her to abuse me as an adult. Now, as a kid, I didn't have any control over it because I was a minor and I was just like, I was under that influence. But after a certain age, like I did have a responsibility to be like, oh, wow, you're, you're treating me this way. I don't have to take that anymore. But I didn't understand that because, you know, the window of coming out of um, childhood to adulthood was a very murky one. You just don't become an adult and you just automatically know how to get out your trauma. You just don't. Um, you just don't. <laughs> you really don't. So uh, that's why you find that a lot of people are just like, they're getting their shit um, like well after they've been an, an adult for a minute. And um, as a child, you know, for people, for any teenagers or children who might run across this, one thing um, to keep in mind is that, like, I get it. I understand that you can be under a roof where you feel like you're trapped and you can't get out. And you have people blaming you for every single mistake that they made in their life. Um, that's a reality. You have parents who blame their kids for um, the life that they have and uh, just know that like that's not you it's not it's not it's not it's not so um, so yeah back to the main points of reconciliation with estranged folks just be open Both parties need to be open. Both parties need to listen. And both parties need to be willing to collaborate on behavioral changes and uh, shifting the dynamics within that specific relationship. And I think that's pretty much it, you know. Yeah, for now. I'll have to go back and uh, listen to this. Um, I posted a episode last night. And right after I post the episode, I'll listen to it once um, all the way through. And it's crazy how I won't remember what I've said. And I will get little like nuggets of information that I didn't realize I was... um, sharing and I'm like oh my god like yo that was real like where did that come from and so that's that's the one thing that's very healing about doing this podcast and that's why I continue to do it it's like a diary for the self I don't expect anybody to listen to this shit you know but um yeah if you do great um I encourage anyone who is interested in expressing themselves in a specific way to do that, whether it's through um, writing or poetry or doodling or because I've I've um, I've read some awesome like 
comic books that kind of touched on this too. So you can do it uh, via podcast or you can like be like a comic strip artist and touch on all of these issues and you can write about it um, or translate into some sort of beautiful poetry or you can be even a filmmaker and you can make interesting films um, about these topics to help bring further awareness to everyone in general to bring more mindfulness to every fucking body because uh when one person is mindful and you come into the space of that person who is being more mindful you feel that energy you know i can't tell you how many times i've met somebody whose energy felt so good that i just want like i was absorbing like a sponge not being an energy vampire like i wasn't doing that shit but i appreciated their light i appreciated their energy i appreciated their joy and i felt so blessed to be in their presence and that's what i aspire to be i aspire to be a being who exudes energy that um, that people feel blessed by, you know, because I've been blessed by by so many good energies in my life. So I'm incredibly thankful, and I believe that um, in some way, shape, or form, we are all responsible as human beings to do that in a variety of ways. It doesn't necessarily have to be sharing a vocal message. Um, a lot of people are just kind of like sometimes it's situational and circumstantial and you don't even realize it um like the subtleties where people are inspiring you and you don't even think about it until you realize it you know all right so with that i hope you're having a magically exquisite friday this has been such a beautiful day a beautiful week and i wish you well until next time